Hello and welcome to episode 4 of the Small Home Collective Minis. What a week it's been. WWDs DC wrapped up with some smart things news coming from Samsung's and even a little bit more information about Matter. Let's get started. So let's get right into the meat and tatties. And tatties are potatoes. This week was all about WWDC 21. Now, whether you're an Apple user or not, an Android user, whatever it may be, it's still tech news and it's still really interesting to see what Apple are pushing out. Now, I'm only going to run through some of the items that really stood out to me. Listen, it's a we- almost a week's worth of news content. So given the time frame, I'm going to cover a few things that I found the most interesting. Number one, Apple are really pushing for the iPhone to be the, the all-in-one device. They don't want you to let that phone go. So with iOS 15, they're increasing the capability to allow you to integrate keys into your Apple wallet. So you can open house door, office door, hotel room is what they covered in the actual, actual presentation themselves. Not only that, they're actually allowing within the US, you can introduce your ID cards, such as your driver's license and your state identification card. All pretty amazing. Which to me just re-emphasizes the point how much Apple don't want you to let that phone go. They want that phone on you 24-7. Number two, spatial audio is coming to headsets for TVOS. And if you hadn't listened to Smart Home Collective episode 5 yet, go back, give it a listen because Craig Paulson from Craig's Tech Talk called out this exact thing. Spatial audio is all about trying to recreate that cinema feel, cinema experience by directing the sounds in a way that it feels like they're coming in from in front of you, from behind, from the sides, from the et cetera, et cetera. So to be able to have that in the headset, sitting in your own, in your own house, sitting with the Apple 4K TV, yeah, just have a think about that. Pretty cool. Number three then, HomeKit. Now, whilst WDC was pretty thin in the ground with kind of groundbreaking stuff, I think the big thing that caught my attention is HomePod Minis can be used as your speaker for Apple TV. And the biggie is that they're allowing third-party HomeKit accessory manufacturers to add Siri into the products, which is pretty huge given this is Apple we're talking about. They did show off the EcoBee thermostat and my Twitter timeline had a complete meltdown over this. So pretty good, but I never saw anything else about HomeKit that was really massive. If you're listening and you disagree with me or you think I've missed something, give me a call out on Twitter. And lastly, number four, and I'm only putting this in because I kind of thought it was a bit of a joke, I'm honest with you. Steady, there's two actually, okay, we'll go for the first one. Number four and five is a combined number. Steadiness rating. Okay, so the iPhone will now tell you or give you a steadiness rating, how steady you are on your feet. Now, I'm guessing it's obviously for old people, right? or sorry, I shouldn't say old for senior citizens. What if you're at the pub? And what if you're at the pub, you're having a good few pints with your mates, you're absolutely steaming. Is your phone going to tell you, watch out, you're, you're not steady? I just think this is a fantastic way of just judging how drunk you are. Yep, you've got a really bad steadiness rating. Phone a taxi. Don't walk up the road because you're too miraculous to walk. Apple, blown out the water. Fantastic. And the last one, which I actually think's really good intentions, but I just took it the wrong way, is the ability to share health details. So if you've got an older person in the family, 
you can share their their resting HR rate, etc., the heart rate in general, so that you can keep an eye on their general health and well-being, which is all fine, and I think great intentions. I took this from a more perverse point of view, and I think it just showed you where my head was with it. Say, for example, you say to your mum or your dad, "Can I sh- let's share data?" So you now see, you see their health data, and you can see their their heart rate, etc. One night you're in your house, you look at the, the shared data screen, and you go, "Crikey, my mum's heart rate's going through the roof. What's going on?" You phone her, thinking, "Are you having a heart attack?" The poor woman's having sex. Just picture that you've just interrupted your mum from having sex because her heart rate was going through the roof. I'm going to leave you with that thought. Now on to Samsung Smart Things. So the Smart Things interface got a freshen up. So whilst the old app was very much focused on the different rooms that you had assigned to your smart home gadgets, the new layout focuses more on five areas, which are favourites, devices, life, automations, and menu. Favourites is the new home screen, and that's really the quick access to all your most used devices and scenes. Devices, as the name entails, is a list of all the connected devices. Life is, from what I gather, access to Samsung's add-on services. And the most one I've seen talked about is smart things cooking. Then you've got automations, and that's really really where you create your automations, your if this, then do that. And then menu and menus for everything else. So settings, device history, notifications, etc., etc. Now, if you're looking for a nice guide on how to use the new SmartThings app, and you headed over to the Smart Things Twitter page, they would redirect you to Automate Life, which I thought was really good. Brian, I don't know whether that was staged or set up, but the fact that Smart Things is, is using Automate Life as the the official Smart Things guide for how to use the new app. Brilliant, mate. Superb. Now, I have been critical in some other episodes about Smart Things longevity and is there life in this? And are Samsung just slowly letting this? platform die out. They're not creating hardware and they're allowing third parties now to deliver the hubs, etc. I'm kind of inclined to think now that with the dedication to be putting in the effort to put into this this user interface, it's actually a bit of a nod to the users to say, guys, we're still in the game. We're still in conversations with Matter. They've been vocal about that. So I think for the time being, Smart Things is here to stay. And the last news item I wanted to cover was Smatter. <laughs> Smatter? Matter, not Smatter. I have no idea where that, that came from. Anyway, Matter. So this week, Silicon Labs hosted a discussion panel on Matter with a host of companies, and it was chaired by Stacey Higginbotham from Stacey on IoT. The attendees were Allegion, Comcast, Nanoleaf, Wise, Silicon Labs themselves, and then a representative from the Connect Connectivity Standards Alliance. What was great about this panel was, I don't know whether it was down to the fact Silicon Labs had been hosting it, but it wasn't a, a matter PR stunt. And well, it didn't feel like a matter PR stunt. Obviously, there's an element of getting matter more well known, but it, it wasn't matter marketing. It wasn't fluffy. Everything's fantastic. Matter's the best thing since sliced bread. There was a couple of companies getting together, having a conversation, some aiding their concerns. And for the most part, to me, it was, I think, the best conversation I've seen about Matter, actually. And it lasted about 60 minutes, was about the hour mark. For obvious reasons, I'm not, I can't, it's impossible to go through it, all the points on this recording. But a few of the ones that stood out for me 
when they opened it, they were straight into, Stacey was, was very much, guys, tell me your, your initial thoughts. Wise were very much, we have concerns. And it was round about such things as the size of the STK on the devices, how long it will take to deploy, the length and time of the certification. They did voice that Wise historically likes to move at pace. Everybody knows they, they, they throw devices out very quickly. And they had the concerns was if the certification process is going to be elongated, is that going to affect Wise product development life cycle? Comcast started with very similar concerns and actually around the, the project itself and is the project going to be delayed and then impact the ability to get devices out and devices out quickly. So their concern was more around the, the actual matter rollout. What they did say is that they believe the biggest challenge has already been accomplished. That challenge is getting the big players around the table, the Googles, the Amazons, and Apples, and those three companies were mentioned on the panel. And everybody was very much, yep, you get them on board, we're on to a winner, but we're not there yet. In terms of security, it was mentioned a few times that matters has been built with security at the forefront and security has been included from the ground up and from the very beginning. And I think they were very all very keen to establish that, yep, security and encryption is one of the key and most important parts of matter. But the one thing we're all wanting to know, when are we getting matter devices? And I covered this well, so I covered it. I mentioned it in last week's mini episodes when I think product's going to be available. And I did say next year is the biggie. When Stacey asked the question in the call to the, to, to the Wise, to Nanoleaf, to Comcast, nobody committed to this year. Well, that's a lie, actually. I think Wise mentioned potentially end of 21. Everybody else was very much 2022, which goes back to my point in the last mini episode of there is no rush to start getting rid of your, your current devices. Matter's coming. It's going to be a very slow rollout. I don't think they can afford to piss the consumers off, as I've already said. They will roll this out at a pace that I think needs to meet the consumer's appetite. So it looks like 2022. 2022, there we go, is going to be the year for Matter, not 2021. As I said, it was round about an hour. It was a really good panel discussion. If you can and you have the time, I certainly recommend heading over to Silicon Labs website and checking that out because there was far more talking points than I'm able to cover on this episode. So before I wrap up, a couple of shout outs this week for videos that caught my attention on YouTube. First up, Mark from Technology for Life concluded his Did You Know series with Ift Pro. And in this video, he talks about his wet sausage at barbecues. Yes. So if you want to know more about Mark, his wet sausage, or sorry, not getting his sausage wet at barbecues, uh, check out Mark's channel at Technology for Life. Kiri Piansky at Kiri on YouTube picks up the gauntlet for integrating Bitcoin monitoring into Home Assistant. If you like your cryptocurrency, if you like Bitcoin and you've got Home Assistant running, check this out. Kiri goes into the, the Kraken integration, into the Coinbase integration, and also looking at some Bitcoin monitoring uh, automations for alerts. So check it out, Kate Piansky. And lastly, summer's here. Well, apart from those that live in Scotland, which means more barbecues, more get-togethers out in the garden, keeping a safe two metres distance, of course. But if you're somebody suffering from poor Wi-Fi in the garden, if your your music streaming is during barbecues suffering, and you need a little bit of Wi-Fi boost, check out Not Enough Tech. Matt's done a review on the Rock Space. It's called the Rock Space. Yes, the Rock Space EC1200. 
to boost your Wi-Fi in your garden. And he's actually provided some download and upload comparisons of before and after, which is quite good. I currently am using a TP-Link AC750 Wi-Fi range extender, and it is shit. So I think I'll be checking out the Rockspace 1200, Matt, following that review. And that's it. Another mini in the bag. Well, lads and ladettes, thank you very much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Until next time, keep safe.